Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, runners. Maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner. Maybe you asked yourself if you're really a runner. Either way, welcome to episode 86. Before I get going on today's topic, I want to share one of the podcast reviews this show has gotten. The caption reads, changed my running game. Five stars. Mindset, positive thoughts, intentions, and running form. Just a few topics from this podcast that have had an impact on my running definitely worth a listen. Thank you, Andrea. I really appreciate your review. Okay, so today we're talking about how to train for a half marathon. Now, why a half marathon, you may ask? Well, that was my first distance, race distance, and it's the name of the free running community I have on Facebook. And it's probably one of the most common questions I see from new members that is, how to train for a half marathon. So I thought I'd record a podcast episode about it. I'll start by sharing my own journey and what I've learned from it, and then I'll share some tips, suggestions, recommendations based on research I did around it. You'll also find different training plans linked in the show notes, so make sure to check those out at the end. So I'm not sure if my own journey to a half marathon was pretty common or not. For me, The decision to run a half came after I had run for a month only, literally 30 days. I was inspired by some local women in the area who had run a half marathon, and that inspiration led me to look for races in the area. And when I say area, I'm talking about surrounding states as well. So it was a combination of looking for a race destination with great appeal. That was a big must for me, as well as giving myself enough time to train for the distance. A couple of the destinations that appealed to me were running in Yellowstone National Park or Grand Teton National Park, which are both local to my home state of Wyoming, but they were both out of the question because of the time frame. It would have been too tight. I had just become a runner and those two races were run within a month, I think. So Instead, I settled on another scenic race, Mount Rushmore in South Dakota by vacation races. That gave me about 14 weeks because Mount Rushmore was run in the beginning of September, I think. Now, some might wonder, is 14 weeks enough time to train? I mean, I literally went from not being a runner in April, well, prior to May of that year, and then running a half in September. So I feel I need to insert some wisdom I've gained over the years since starting to run, as well as since becoming a certified chief running instructor 
Is it doable? Sure, it's doable. And I bet a lot of people have done something similar to what I did. And I'm not underestimating the distance of a half, but as a first goal, obviously it's a lot more achievable than running a full marathon. I've also had people, mostly I would call them non-runners, non-real runners, who proudly state that they ran a half without even training for it. So why am I saying they're non-runners? Well, in my mind, they're not out there clocking regular miles. So there were, I think it was probably just a bet or something they wanted to prove something to themselves. So they just went out spur of the moment almost, you know, signed up for a race and then without even training almost just kind of ran it. And of course, is it doable too? Yes. And all that stuff is not my point for this episode, right? And to those people that say that they've done that run a half without training for it, I always just reply, well, you know what? I really feel you missed out. And in my mind, I really truly feel they did. Uh, and I'm curious if you agree, and I'm sure you do if you're listening to this episode, because in my mind, I wanted to run the race including all the training runs leading up to the race. That's what makes me a runner, I feel, right? So planning for my first half, I figured everything out on my own. And what I mean is I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a running community, any running friends really to ask advice from. So I planned, I decided, I thought about how much time a week I wanted to run or how much time I could spend on running, I guess is the best way of saying it. And from there, I just literally Googled three day a week running plan, half marathon running plan, I think it was, right? Because I'd kind of decided, well, I I can I can give up or not give up, that's not the right way of saying it. I want to commit to three days of running a week because I still have other things I want to do during the week. So three days works well for me. And can you train for a half marathon for that? So I literally just Google three day a week, half marathon running plan, nothing fancy, right? I did not go out and purchase one or anything. I just, just looked through the ones that kind of came up on Google. So the plan I found served me really well. By June, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays became synonymous with run days. On other days, I cross-trained by doing strength training, and I walked and hiked. I also sometimes rode my bike. Now, fitness has been a part of my life, all my adult life, so three decades. But it wasn't always something I looked forward to. However, as I mentioned in last week's episode, episode 85, I decided to apply a different mindset to running. I didn't want to bring my baggage of negative body image with me into running. And I, and I didn't want to make running about burning calories. I wasn't just training my physical body. I was also literally rewriting my thoughts around running from I hate it to embracing it and learning to love it at the same time. It was so powerful and it was a full full mind body experience and so I picked the half marathon distance because it seemed like a big goal definitely 
something completely outside my comfort zone, but also completely outside of anything I'd ever envisioned myself doing. And I think one of the reasons I've been so consistent in my running is that I really weeded out the mind drama that so often makes us exercise in the first place. You know, that I feel fat, so I should burn some calories or I just ate brownies. I should go run. I weeded those thoughts out right up front. Well, I shouldn't say I weeded them out because obviously it's a continual work in progress, but they're just less and less frequent. And I never considered stopping after the first race. I never considered not running after the first race because it was never really about the race. I see so many runners who seem lost after their race is over. Now what kind of thing should they be doing or should they strive for since they've achieved their goal, right? Then what, another race in order to have something to strive for? And it's so interesting because for me, my weeks look very similar whether there's a race or no race. And there really very often aren't very many races on my calendar. I keep running whether there is a race or not. I'm not a seasonal runner or an event runner. All right, so I think I've made my points, okay? My running habit is founded in habits based on positive, inspiring thoughts, not thoughts based in negative and limiting self-talk and self-denial anymore, and it's so freeing. So for those 14 weeks that I had between starting to run or finding my running program and my first race, I just put in the miles and that the training plan called for. I just showed up for it. I wrote the runs into my calendar and I prioritized them and I identified with being a runner. And let me tell you in the beginning, it seemed really strange saying out loud that I'm a runner and owning it. But the more I did it, it became more and more normal. And it started to feel more and more like reality because I was also sh proving to myself, showing myself that I was a runner because I was showing up for my for my runs. It was very gratifying having the printed out training plan hang on my fridge and then just be able to go in and check off whenever I'd done the runs. And so I literally traded my dog walks for runs with the dog. And it was pretty exhilarating to see the miles increase during the first training round because every long run was a new milestone of new greater distances that I'd never before accomplished. And I love reading other runners posts that, that say this, that wow, I've just run the farthest I've ever run in my life. I never thought I was gonna be able to do that. It's such a cool feeling and it's such a cool feeling to help celebrate with them. And I think it's so important that we continue to celebrate these feelings because it's all about getting these feel-good hormones or feel-good energy going throughout our body. So back to my story about my, my first race. Getting to run the actual race, of course, was pretty surreal. Standing in the corrals before starting on race day. 
and then taking off to the sound and the vibration of that many runners in one place was just crazy when you run pretty much all your runs by yourself up until then. Crossing the finish line, of course, felt incredible. And calling myself a half marathoner was very spectacular. So after Mount Rushmore, I ran three more half marathons the following year and then a couple each year afterwards. Now, okay, let's talk numbers. One of the most common questions that I see is, how much should I run from runners who are either new to running, like I was, or runners who are returning to running after a period of time off, which could be years or even decades. Now, looking at my initial plan that I followed at the three runs a week, I was running around, in the beginning, 10 miles a week, and then up to about 20 during the last couple of weeks of the plan. So the longest run before the race was 11 miles. And some people wonder if they if that's a big jump from 11 to 13.1. And it really isn't from my own experience and from everything I read. You know, the adrenaline of race day being with so many other people, that energy will completely carry you. For me, the weekly mileage of a three-day-a-week run week was manageable and it was doable. Three days a week worked for me. I was a new runner, so I was still creating the habit of running. I'm not sure I would have liked five days a week. I, I picked three, and I think that's a very individual choice that as a runner, you'll have to make. And I don't think there are plans for every runner out there. Are you a three-day-a-week runner, a four-day-a-week runner, a five-day-a-week runner? I know that some people run only two days a week. I did come across in my research that it's just not as great having, for instance, maybe a in a 20-mile run week, having one of those runs be 15 miles and the other one be five is not going to serve you as well getting ready for the distance. So my personal recommendation would be to make it at least three run days a week. But again, this is your journey. This is your, these are your runs, right? So you make it what works for you. Now I will say in retrospect, it's very interesting to think about how distance and pace focused I was and how demanding or just expecting of my body that I was going into it. It was kind of like, a, we're going to do this because I said so. And having now dealt with a lot of running related aches and pain that has literally kept me from running for periods of time, I find a much more sound approach these days is to learn good running form. And you've heard me talk about it before, and I'm going to definitely continue to talk about it, would be to learn good running form and let the mastery of your form be the guide for how far you should run. So if I were to do it differently this time around, I would learn running form from the get-go in order to avoid the aches and pain I experienced later on. These aches and pains creep in about 18 months 
into running three runs a week of about 18 to 20 miles, which from a mechanical standpoint makes sense. The compounding effect of wear and tear without good form slowly started taking its toll. So because hindsight is 2020, that would be my biggest recommendation to anybody just starting out now. Get a running book specifically on running form. I recommend She Running by Danny Dreyer. Your future runner self will thank you. So back to the average weekly mileage you might want to strive for while training for a half marathon. What's the minimum mileage for finishing in a good way? From the research I did, the consensus is in the range of 20 to 25 miles a week if you're not a super experienced runner. The long run will typically increase by a mile per week and it'll max out around 11 to 12 miles the week before the race. Another question might be, how long should you have been running for consistently before starting a half marathon plan? And it it's obviously all dependent on you. I'm just putting in my two cents here. Because as you can tell from my approach, I just jumped straight in with very few miles under my belt when I started the 12 week training plan. So if you're listening though to this to this episode, chances are you're looking for a little more sound approach maybe or some advice, which from the research I've done would be about six months of running about 20 to 25 miles before signing up for your race. This way you'd be giving your body time to adjust to it all, figuring out pace, stride, and so forth. Now, obviously this is not set in stone because it really depends on your body. To run distance races, you simply have to run more. You have to teach your body how to handle fatigue which of course is a byproduct of the longer distances. Now, most running plans will have you complete or close to the distance of the, of the, of the half marathon several times before the actual race. So you'll, well, depending, I should say, because they kind of increase by a mile a week. So you'll be running, if it maxes out at 12, you'll be running probably both 12, 11, and 10, or Maybe max is out at 11, you'll run 11, 10, and 9. Now, if you're going with a longer plan, you might be running closer to the full distance for several weeks. Here's another question I often see from runners who are training, and it goes like this. I've missed, insert number of runs, two, three, four, maybe more than that, due to and insert some kind of life event. Can I still run my race? And the answer is, it depends. I know, that's not what you wanted to hear, is it? I get it. We want clear-cut answers that we can just implement. But obviously it's beyond a podcast show to advice if you should continue as planned or not because of all the variables out there. But I can offer some guidelines Training plans usually have a cushion. So if you miss a couple of runs, maybe a week or even two weeks out of the entire training plan, 
you should still be okay. And remember that on race day, you can do a walk-run interval approach at any point or for the entire race. So that's always an option. And I would just say above all else, the health of your body is the most important thing you have. Take good care of it and you'll have endless runs in the future. But I think sometimes we, we tend to forget. We become impatient and we want the results right now because we make it mean something achieving the result, right? So sometimes we, we sacrifice maybe our health and our desire for achieving the, the race or the results. So for the rest of the episode, I want to touch on the all or nothing mindset that I think is so prevalent in runners. This mindset is very black and white. I remember my own mindset in the beginning of my running journey, and I was spending a lot of energy worrying if I walked for a few minutes during my run or even stopped to catch my breath or something because, and I would be asking myself this, technically I hadn't run the entire thing the entire distance and could I then call myself a runner and it drives me insane now because I feel it's keeping us as runners from connecting to ourselves to create the feeling of knowing when we've done something great of just innately trusting ourselves something that feels great to us which is really what this is all about that should be why we're running in the first place, right? So instead, we look at the smartwatch for the stats. Usually, it's set up to where we see pace and distance, for sure. And we use that as validation, whether to feel empowered in the moment or in hindsight, or essentially disempowered by our stats. And this is basically using external metrics against ourselves, which makes no sense because it just makes us feel like crap. It's beyond, I think, this episode to go into more detail. And I may record another episode just on that whole all or nothing mindset. But in the meantime, check out some previous episodes. If you notice that you have a tendency towards the all or nothing. I would recommend episodes 8, 46, 68, and 73 as great places to start. And that was episodes 8, 46, 68, and 7. All right, that's it, runner friend. Be as diligent about the thoughts you choose to keep in your mind as you are with your weekly training runs. If this episode resonated, share it on social media and tag me, please. Or email me. I'd love to hear from you. My wish for you this week is that you run happy, runner friend. See you next week. I'd like to tell you about a very special event I'm offering this summer. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel happier, more confident, and empowered while running, I invite you to join me this summer at the Running Align Body and Mind Women's Retreat right here in North Central Wyoming at the foothills of the majestic Bighorn Mountains. I'll personally work with you to help you how to take the chore 
out of running. The retreat will teach you that running can be a vital and enjoyable part of your life. But most importantly, the five-day in-person experience will help you connect to you. To learn more, see the link in our show notes. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time.